Hi, come on in, grab a snack. Welcome to Bob and Joyce. We have a good program today and hope you leave with good ideas and by all means, a few good laughs. We want to support you doing bold work. One. (laughs) What a way to start, but I'm thinking about the time when we shared kind of goofy things that happened or things we did wrong and how we had to pivot or didn't pivot. And um, just as a reminder to all the ODHR people outside in working inside a company that those moments just are. And, and one of the great reasons to have a buddy is that you can laugh afterwards, but also in the minute you can go run into the hall and go, why are we doing this? This is going down the toilet. Why are we? Why did, why did I think this was a good idea? And you were very good at saying to me, no, it's going fine. Let's get back in there. Just don't tell me about it. Well, you know, one of, one of my beliefs was it, it gets really sloppy and, and sometimes pretty chaotic and disjointed in the beginning, in the middle, and even sometimes in, in towards the end. But I think as long as where people leave whatever meeting or, uh, you know, conversation, they leave in the right mindset. So I think being messy in the middle or like, what the heck's going on? Uh, as long as you're able to pivot and stay with it, uh, um, you know, it ultimately what matters uh, is what happens when people leave the room. And, in a, and when we've talked about this before, there are some that you don't come back from. And so you lean into a lot of goodwill that you've already established and you admit that didn't go how I wanted it to go. Boy, do you Hiding have, when do you, you think, oh, shoot, if I acknowledge this, everybody's going to acknowledge it. Well, honey, guess what? They've already acknowledged it. So you just look foolish if you don't as well. So shall we try a few more? Ugh, boy, only well, I'll, I'll, I'll tell only one. You go first. Okay. I was asked to work on a presentation on diversity and inclusion to the board of Hannaford Brothers. This, I'm proud to say, was at least 25 years ago. We were very early into that arena. And I worked on it diligently and created a great schemata. If anybody wants one, I got it, baby. It goes, you know, from compliance to vision. And um, I was working with the attorney as well. And and he didn't present at the last minute. So I didn't realize that this was a test for me to introduce me to the board because they were thinking of making me an officer. Didn't enter my head, ding, ding, ding. So anyway, I had about a two hour presentation. And I do have to say that sitting in on the board meeting, I went, huh, this is not productive. (laughs) So, or I wanted to stand up and facilitate it really bad, just like I want to facilitate Congress. Yeah. I really want to go in and say, come on, we're going to talk. So I, uh, they kept pushing me back and pushing me back and saying, we're going to cut yours a little short. We're going to cut yours a little short. You may have to come again. And I'm going, oh, by that time I'm irritated with them. I'm no longer scared. And so they put me into the, to the lunch time. So while people are getting their salad, I'm the only woman in the room. I'm up in front talking about this great new intervention on diversity and inclusion. 
while I'm talking and forever thereafter, the board members would say, excuse me, I know you're talking, but um, there's, there's no more fruit salad on the buffet. <laughs> <laughs> what, what year was and, this choice? <laughs> and also the room is a little chilly. Could you change that temperature? And then, and I sort of said, well, after I present, cause I'm thinking, do I say you idiot <laughs> or not? So they were, uh, people were getting up to get seconds. And I stopped and said, please sit down at home when once we sit down for a meal and people wanna talk, nobody gets up. So I said, I would like to run this like I do at home. Wait to get your seconds until I'm done speaking. I, I think most people chortled. I started to get hotter and redder as I yeah. finished. And then I finished and I just sat fro like frozen, wanting to cry really. And a couple of other executives did really lousy presentations, really yeah. lousy. They didn't care. That's what I learned. We all left the room together. I rode back with two of the executives and I'm going, oh, mea culpa, mea culpa. They didn't hear the message. I really, you know, screwed up. I'm so embarrassed. And they just said, oh, who cares? I mean, they were so cavalier. That yeah. What they literally talked about immediately is what do you want to get, want to stop for hamburgers or not? And I'm going, you guys, aren't you worried about your presentations? They said, nah, it's just a board meeting. <laughs> but um, I did circle back to say, I hope everybody saw the blind spot in the room with the board people, because I was the only woman. Mm. They thought I was in charge of taking care of them. And that's not a microaggression. That's a macroaggression. Macro, and I, I'm, you know. While I, I was presenting. Well, I was going to say, I wasn't there, but for you to kind of um, say and do what you did, that, that was a real act of uh, courage on your part. No, it was pure self-destructive impulse. <laughs> I just, I just no. have had it with you privileged people here. Go get some cantaloupe balls on your own. <laughs> or go get some. Oh, never mind. I'm not going to say the obvious joke there. No, no. Everyone already got it. <laughs> so that's, um, and then I went back to the office and I wrote a two-page memo about um, the pro what I was had intended to present. Oh, this happened. And I took it to the CEO to okay. And he ripped it up in front of me and said, let it go. Let it go. I said, okay. He said, they just had to meet you. <laughs> wow. Yeah. You know, um, I've had a number of those circumstances uh, in meetings that I've had, executive committee meetings, presentations that I've made. Um, so I, I'm, I'm grimacing because I was feeling your pain. Now, I haven't had the, the exact same thing about asking to, to reply. Uh, refill the uh, the fruit ball, but uh, uh, gosh. Well, the executives weren't doing that. So they were kind of sneering at the board members who, you know, that was before boards were active and um, 
interactive and were more like an irritating necessity. That needed and to also that they could that they were going to pick everything you said apart. Yeah. Oh, I just thought of a different board meeting thing. You go next. <laughs> Yeah. I got another, we got a million of them, folks. No, I, the, the, and, and I think um, there's a lesson in here. One was a time when we were, God, why am I always buying a company or selling a company? There's a good uh, question. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, it was the one thing I became much better at than I ever wanted to be. Mm. Uh, this is back in the days when there are a lot of rules by the FTC, the Federal Trade Commission, about what you can do and not do while doing due diligence. Um, things like you have to maintain the stores in exactly the oh, same manner right. yeah. to address uh, the customer's needs so there can be no diminishment mm -hmm. in sales. So you have to walk around as a liar. Yeah. And, yeah. and well, that's exactly where I'm going. And then until it becomes public because of uh, you know, uh, trading stock and having insider information yeah. is you can't um, you can't share what you can't share. So this is one where we had uh, we were selling a, a number of stores in a particular market uh, to Kroger, and we couldn't say it because it, we were still in due diligence. But we started getting reports of people coming in the store sharing Kroger cards and measuring uh, you know, the length of aisles and cases. And, and so, you know, I'm going to my boss saying, this is crazy stuff. And, you know, we've got to get to them to have them stop doing this. And to make matters worse, um, then uh, equipment started being shipped to the, to the address of our stores uh, in, in care of Kroger. Um, so it, it was probably one of the most uncomfortable mm. moments, uh, in my career, because I was the head of HR for that particular area. And we were all about, uh, transparency and telling mm -hmm. our truth mm -hmm. and not holding back. Um, you know, and it was probably one of the most uncomfortable, um, most frustrating moments in my career, uh, I mean, I sat in Raleigh, so it wasn't a big deal for me. I'd take calls, but if right. I'm a DM and I'm going into a store and say, hey, come on out in the back. I want to show yeah, you things here, a few in deliveries there. from Kroger. Yeah, we're, so, you know, I, I, I don't know what to tease out of that, uh, only to say that sometimes we're just put in incredibly uh, difficult circumstances that at least from an ethical standpoint, in my case, violated what I think was the right thing to do in order to comply with uh, a government regulation. Um, I don't know. I don't know where to go with it, but it was, is, is probably, you know. It, well, we've, we've been, we've been tending to make light of crazy things that happen and some are funny and some are not. So some it's kind of gallows humor or that it's part of the job. However, when I, I asked the top executive committee of delays at the time to make their own list of qualities that the top people have to have, 
forget all the assessment tools we have, what would you measure? And one of them was the, uh, and I'll word it differently, the ability to ring true, even when you're not telling the truth. Huh. Because there's a larger truth at play or something like that. And then how to hold that, how to keep your integrity when you can't act in a way that fits perfectly. I don't know how else to put it. Well, actually, that's a great example because that's exactly what we did. Mm-hmm. Um, you and know, they were saying we all have to do that, including yeah. sometimes when you know that a top level executive may have to be let go. Oh, yeah. And you might have discussed it for two or three weeks or months. And the rest of you has to ring true. You're keeping a big secret. Yeah. And you know what? I, um, just to kind of highlight, and perhaps all of our listeners know this, to violate that is a game ender from my perspective. So that- To violate. To, to, to somehow um, lose the trust of the people that you work with. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, you know, you can say, um, I can tell you what I am free to tell you, and there's some things I can't. And um, I, I just hope that you can trust me that, um, you know, that uh, I'm always going to act in a way that gives you the, uh, the best information I've got at a time when I'm able to give it to you. Mm-hmm. And my point is to somehow violate that, wink, wink, I'll really tell you what's going on, mm-hmm. or to violate it. Uh, we have an executive that is going to be leaving the company and don't tell mm-hmm. them. Yeah, no, you've got to hold that that yeah. higher confidence or that. Um, when are you protecting yourself? When are you protecting the integrity of the company? Um, and certainly that's a dilemma for our listeners. We hope because we want ODHR professionals and you have to be able to maneuver And also, I think you have to get comfortable within yourself. Until I was comfortable within myself with that, and I can think of a time when I I wasn't, which I won't share, but it left people misperceiving me. Yeah. So I I allowed some damage to my reputation in order to keep uh, the integrity of the company. Yeah, I think uh, particularly for those listening that are a director level or the head of HR, the head of OD. Uh, I had a CEO once uh, tell me, you know, that, that he had a very different relationship with the head of HR than he did anyone else that reported to him. Mm-hmm. That uh, I will know more about not only what's happening in the company, but about what's happening with other people yeah. uh, that I'm the only one he, he felt that he could have this conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and one, I think uh, I appreciated the, the trust uh, of this particular CEO, but boy, that came with a, with a huge uh, burden challenge because you end up working with peers uh, that are always looking at you and wondering what you know and what you don't know. Yep. Um, that's and and we can come back to the, the flip side of that is... Um, being played, I know people thought I had a lot of input into choices for promotions. And somehow 
it was very obvious to me they would come to ask me advice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that they didn't like. need. That yeah. they didn't need. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know what's important is a nugget there. And I, once again, so true of HROD. People that you interact with in other departments and other areas always have the presumption that you know more than perhaps you know. So and you, they're right. You can even like speculate or muse. What about, you know, and, and people will literally um, translate what you said in a way that's very different than had it come from somewhere else. You know, a presumption that you know. I'm pausing because I just think this is such an important truth in doing the HROD work inside. Yeah. You don't have those dilemmas when you're working as a consultant. No. No. You hear that silence, which is kind of the uh, depth of the truth that we're citing. Yeah. Um, and, and why I'm quiet is I'm remembering times when it was especially hard for me to keep a confidence that didn't feel just to somebody else. It's funny because my silence was, um, a commitment to a, a particular associate that they wouldn't be impacted uh. and, and didn't have the decision-making to honor that commitment. And um, they were let go. I mean, it's, yeah, that's, yep. Hey, anybody else want to share, jump apply? in? <laughs> anybody else want to apply to work inside? Oh, well, we need to talk about the pleasures of working inside, not right now, but I know that I couldn't work externally because it's not gritty enough. You're not tied in enough. It's not, I, it just for me, and I had several opportunities to leave and tried to leave once to go get rich in a consulting firm. And, um, I felt like I would lose so much richness in the role. I mean, there was so much work done in the cafeteria. Oh, gosh, yeah. 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 I, I'll tell you, I, I've, uh, if I look at my career, I've always been more comfortable and, and I think able to be more effective working inside a company. And as an external uh, HROD consultant, I, I find... Um, I, it's tough to get that same level of connection and trust. I'm not saying it can't be done, but uh, it's, it's just tougher. Yeah, and you don't get to deal with the, the whole complexity of the situation. And I don't know, I mean, we can go into the OD network model of organizational yeah. development, but the model is like ooh, ooh, crazy because it's got so many skills that are needed period. And so externally, you tend to play with fewer skills. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. I think we pivoted. We did pivot. Um, why don't we kind of share what's in our thinking and uh, uh, yeah, and we'll call this a day. Yeah.
I'm thinking that we had some leftover, very funny things that happened in our work that we survived by pivoting, but we bumped into the very serious conflict of where is your loyalty, where does your loyalty lie when there's an organizational conundrum? And what I think we said is that you go with being true to the organization and that sometimes that's really uncomfortable. That's all I have to say. <laughs> yeah. How about you? Um, this conversation and our last podcast really brings to the uh, to the front in terms of the burden that we all have as HROD uh, practitioners. Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's not easy. And uh, there's a lot of discomfort uh, at times. And, uh, you know, I, I think about all my biggest screw ups. Uh, I, I find solace in my intentions like you just said, for the good of the organization, we're always in the right place. And the other thing is you gotta have a work buddy. Boy, oh boy, thank you for saying that. Cause I, I that was in my thinking, but I lost it. Yeah, yeah. having a partner. Uh, and we often, we're not under the same brand. No, we're but not. I can pick up the phone and say, listen to me, just let me talk. And, 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 and I did, say to my, the people that reported to me, every story has seven sides at least. Yeah. So stay with it until you can feel in your stomach, very solid. It's like a clinker drops when you go, okay, this is a hellish place to be, but now I'm clear on where I wanna be in it. And whenever I didn't do that, things went wrong. Yeah. We can come back and talk about times that were big that didn't work because of that. Yeah. I have found comfort in our conversation that uh, even some of our biggest goof ups and, uh, and hacks um, were either okay at the end of the day in terms of what uh, uh, outcome came from it. And, and secondly, they were great learning moments. Uh, and we survived. Yeah, there's the expression failing forward. Uh, mm -hmm. A lot of those, those hacks. Uh, and Stumbling our way, yeah. <laughs> stumbling our way. Okay, Joyce. All righty. So long, everybody. Thank you for joining us on the Bob and Joyce podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode and picked up an idea or two to go forward and do great work. For more information, please visit us at bobandjoyce.com. If you like today's podcast, please click subscribe. And even better, give us a quick review on Apple Podcasts. It supports us and helps others to find the show. If you'd like more ODHR content, please follow us on Facebook by searching for Bob and Joyce Podcast. Until the next time, be well and be safe.